Democracy elections. Do da da di da boo boo This is what we want. This is what we want, right? We want we want the to believe in the sacrosanct illusion of some kind of noble and glorious progressive march forward of democracy in action and the people's voice and the people speak. I am so sick to every fiber in my being when I expose myself to the mainstream corporate press and political class and their theater of the absurd, their uh, magic show that we all love to participate in and probably don't actually love to participate in, but we've been so beaten down and conditioned into no other alternative view, not exploring any other alternative view. and. We've forgotten, like Bill Hicks said, right, in his great stand-up special at the end, I forget which one, where he says, you know, it's just a ride. It's just a ride. All the money that we spend on war and bombing and all this kind of evil stuff, the war on drugs, prisons, we could put into creative exploration and education and, and, and we could explore space, inner and outer, together. And before he says all that, he talks about how this is just a ride. But some of us have been on this ride for so long that we forget it's a ride. And we go, oh, it must be real. Look at my bank account. Look at my, go watch the Bill Hicks bit. It's great. But I, I, I would like to say that it's like, it's like a magic show. You know, when you, when, we, when you go to see a magician perform tricks at a magic show, you're in the, I mean, just a play, a theater. I like, I like the example of the magic show, though, because... There's something about being tricked that we enjoy. There's something about it that when somebody pulls off a, a magic trick that we go, oh my God, how did they do that? Chris Angel, Mind Freak. Remember that show? <laughs> he did some crazy shit. And it's like, all right, yeah, this is, entertain- this is entertaining. Why? Because he's a character. He's a personality. He's got a look, a feel, an energy, an aura to him. Something's happening here. There's some kind of trickery happening, and we appreciate the skills of the person who is leading us in that trickery. And so we go to fantasy land and we suspend our disbelief so that we may be astonished and dazzled and entertained. And we've been at this theater for such a long time, like Bill Hicks says, we forget that we're in a theater. But that's what we're in. We're in a theater. And we're biting the hook time and time again. Because the show is so dazzling. And it plays on our emotions and our trigger points. And it makes us go, oh my God, this guy's such an idiot. Oh my God, this person can't see what I'm seeing. Holy shit, this person, no wonder why this country is in, 
in such shape that it is. Oh, these people are just so stupid. Oh, these Trump people, these backwards hicks, these idiots, they don't know anything. They don't know shit. They're all dumb. They're all stupid. They're all ignorant. They're all assholes. Oh, these people on the left, they're all cucks. They're all, you know, fucking just terrible, awful, cancel, social justice, uh, blind idiot, you know, whatever. And and what do we have right now? We have the the holy sacred state, you know, and and all of its crusaders in in enmeshed in this in, in a holy war. You know, as TK Coleman said on my show, uh and and I've often made the point too that this is this is a religious kind of fervor. You know, this is this is religion. I didn't vote. I've never voted in a presidential election for a president. I don't believe in it. I believe that whatever we give our energy and attention to just keeps perpetuating that thing. The more we keep buying snacks and refreshments in the lobby of the theater that we're in, the more that we're going to forget that there's even an outside world filled with diversity and possibilities and novelty and radical experimentation. But just like Marty McFly in Back to the Future, when he goes back to 1955, and he's at the, what is it, the seashell under the sea, enchanted under the sea dance or whatever it's called, and he plays that uh, Van Halen riff, and the whole crowd just goes silent, and everybody's staring at him. They're just stunned. They're bewildered. They're confused. They're slightly irritated they don't understand they can't comprehend what he just did with that guitar and marty just like looks at them and then speaks in the microphone and says well i guess you're not ready for that but your kids are gonna love it and then the guy takes the guitar from him and kind of looks at him and looks at the guitar with his brows furrowed just like what the hell was that shit and that's exactly the kind of situation that I feel like that we're in, 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 in this world that I've felt that we've been in for a very long time, where the way that I see things and that I see the world is not the way that the most, you know, the, the majority of people see things. That what we talk about here on this show is very radical and fringe and out of the, the purview and the consciousness you know, it's, it's almost like we're speaking a foreign language and people just aren't prepared. They're not capable or equipped of understanding that kind of a language because it's like an alien language. I watched uh, the movie Arrival recently and it was amazing because they're, they're interacting with this, this alien species that had come to Earth. And the way in which they speak, the way they communicate their language by reading and coming in contact with their language and learning their language and speaking their language, it alters your brain and you begin to see reality as they see it. And in this instance, these aliens, uh, they have a different understanding of reality because they have a different understanding of what time is and how time plays out and their language is all circular and it's very 
you know, uh, everything is, is happening at the same time kind of thing. It's, it's really, really cool. But, and I know that there's been, I think, studies about this too. When you speak a foreign language that you sort of become this other personality that your brain actually sort of reorganizes, that you reorganize and start thinking like if you were in a Spanish speaking country, like you're in Peru for an extended period of time. When I was there, I was more my the by attempting to speak the language and learn the language, it also shifted the sort of the my sort of outlook and, and worldview, my perception, my understanding of things. And I and it, I bet it occurs more dramatically uh, in these studies that they've they've done, which I'm not quite sure of, but I, I know I've heard of something like that. And it seems to just make sense that you really just inhabit uh, this other kind of identity form. And that's, that's really powerful. That's powerful shit. That's powerful shit. Like we are really capable, powerful uh, beings. And this is, this is what the, for lack of a better word, the elites in our world no and as i talk about on the show often when i say they when i'm talking about the elites i'm talking not on, not just about the people that occupy those places but the automatic creation of these institutions the sort of automatic the autopilot mechanism that's on um that that sets the game rules that leads this train in motion and, you know, people that want to get on the train just are the ones that are occupying it. But the train keeps going, keeps moving. The game is just there and, and everybody's just playing it. And again, it's like some people forget that it's just a ride and it's just a game. It's just a magic show or just, you know, this thing. And it's just this autopilot thing. Uh, I was listening to a great podcast episode before by um, Pete Canones, uh, Free Man Beyond the Wall is his podcast, and he was talking to uh, someone, and they were, they brought up uh, the hive mind, the bees, how the bees don't, if you asked each individual one what their role was, what they were doing, it's just this, it's just a thing. Even like the, the queen is, is playing a role. He used the word uh, NCP. Uh, non-character player and that's a i guess that's a pretty popular term in in the internet world and the gaming world i i guess i've been saying a, a similar thing as well and i know like chris ryan and and daniel pinchback and uh, others i charles eisenstein have talked about before as well is that these institutions are like you know these these non-human entities these like alien life forms uh, i know as chris has mentioned that and it's that's really it's really that's a difficult thing to to sort of connect with people and and land in their in their minds that it's like that this system just keeps going and keeps expanding and growing and figuring out new ways that it can stay on on the track and i'd like to believe that we function differently that we have the opportunity to step outside and get the bird's eye view of the of the of the bees nest and go oh okay cool we're in like a net like this 
and I think I mentioned this on the on the last podcast. So the last solo cast that I did, which was called The Election, which was just my predictions uh, for how it was going to play out. And, I, I, you know, <laughs> it's really interesting what, what happened and, and the response to it and everything. Uh, and it's not over. Um, and it's, uh, it's really, really, it's interesting because when you understand how, I think, the, the, one of the keys to sort of, I guess, taking a clue to, to pay attention a little bit more to, to what's going on is how things are presented and when they're presented and how they're molded and shaped and how they're written, how these, you know, how stories are crafted and how they uh, are appealing and get latched onto and uh and becomes the general consensus of 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 belief and of truth and if there's any questioning of that it's not it's not only met with uh disagreement but it's tied up uh, emotionally and uh it's it's also comes with this sort of arrogant uh i, I saw a word someone used the other day called uh coincidence theorist like that every it's just like oh you're just being ridiculous it's just you know that's not the way it is. it's just this is just random and of course you know these things happen and you know but it's not only that it's it's the it's because we're afraid so much that we're willing to to sort of accept the what the the the, the largest group is saying uh, you know, we, we live in this culture of wanting to be validated, wanting to belong, wanting to be a part of something. And, and the instinct to go against the grain, no matter in what camp you're in, right? It's, it's the same thing. The people on the left, the people on the right, the people, you know, the, just anybody that attaches to a particular team and just defaults to that team and just assumes that that side is you know telling the the truth and you know has the facts and is correct about things but it goes further than that because it it, it goes into this biological need for us to be a part of of something be a part of a community be accepted by others and when when there's an understanding, like I don't ever watch the news so much like that much like ever i mean i i got rid of television uh i haven't had like an actual screen television since 2010 or 2011 um with with uh the exception of maybe like a couple years where where i had one but it was just a smart tv or you know not no cable i haven't had cable since 2010 i haven't had cable television since 2010 and you know, on my old show, part of the problem, one of the things that Dave and I used to do was, and Dave did it really well, and he could do it more than I could. I, I can't, I can't hang out in that toxic cesspool uh, for too long. It, it, uh, at least I wasn't capable enough uh, at those points. Nor would I want to subject myself to those that that too much now. But it is, it does, it gives you a, a if you're if you're if you have the eye to see. It gives you a window into where, like, what the what they're trying to sell, 
how they're, you know, the way, the language that they use, the tone that they use, the way that they frame things. You know, for example, even on, you know, on, on Fox News, of course, is not, uh, uh, is one of the biggest perpetrators of this. But the woman on Fox News is like, and in Oregon, they, they decriminalized all drug possession, including cocaine and heroin. So already just by the way that they're framing it, the way they're presenting it, the tone that they're using, they're implying uh, a, a particular way in which we should feel about it, right? And so, you know, I, I oftentimes will not necessarily communicate a lot of the details uh, of, of, of this kind of stuff that I'm talking about and that I'm going to get into even more. Um, but I'll, I'll try and communicate it as much as I feel is necessary. And the reason for that is anytime you show up with supposed evidence, truth, facts, figures, you know, well, this is, this is how it really, you know, yeah, well, the, you know, the Democrats did this, oh, the Republicans did this, you know, just using that as an example. Cause I feel like that's an easy example. Right. But it's, you just, you just get into that game of like tit for tat back and forth. And that develops that, that team rivalry and, you know, our side gets a point and their side gets a point and it's deeper than that, you know, and, and it's useful for us to play that game for the agenda setters. Right. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff, this doesn't get talked about enough uh, as far as I'm concerned, because there's a, a deeper level to this reality. And to ignore that is to be ignorant. And to be ignorant, you know, maybe could have some, some temporary pleasures and benefits, but in my opinion, it's much more nourishing and fulfilling and satisfying to walk into realm of realms of uncertainty, realms of, of darkness. You know, for example, a lot of uh, what the people on the right uh, and especially like the, the, the Q type people, but it's, it's even more than that. Even the people that are now getting lumped into like conspirituality people on the left that, have this story that there's this like satanic pedophile cult and everybody in the government's involved and it's this elite, you know, thing and Hollywood and everything. It's like, okay, well, you know, that, that just, that just makes that the truth of that, um, you know, when, when there's a, the kernel of truth that gets blown up to this like massive level as this like totalizing force, then it becomes this sort of holy crusade. And some people would say, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the holy crusade. Holy crusade if it, I'm okay with the holy crusade if it involves saving children and everything. And it's like, yeah, of course. But it also doesn't allow an invitation to people who might might be repelled by the sort of delivery of the of the content and not only the delivery of the content of course the material of the content right so you know through my sort of uh political you know world awakening or whatever you want to call it so i started getting interested in this in exploring this stuff there's a tendency to grab on to to things along the way you know it's like uh 
a scavenger hunt and you're running along and you're collecting the the prizes and the pieces and you're getting really excited with everyone that you collect and celebrating as if you've won because you've you found one thing and that's how it's felt a little bit it's like oh i get it it's like uh, the government is corrupt and people are due it's the federal reserve and it's this and it's that and then the you 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 start going even further and it's like okay well you know what about uh, you know occult secret societies and you know JFK assassination and the formation of the CIA and Alan Dulles and you know the uh, further back like the 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 war on drugs and Harry Anslinger and uh, reefer madness and you know this stuff and that stuff and you know, you could drive yourself mad, first of all, going through all of this stuff all the time. You could also get lost in what I'm explaining and being like, okay, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing that we have to care about or be concerned about. And there's a lot of things that are, that are dark and that are really fucked up and bad. And I think that just having the ability to choose to go into our own darkness is the is the ticket is the key because we many of us in our in our culture just push away anything bad feelings you know things things that make us feel bad right just simple it narrow it down to that things that make us feel bad we don't want to feel bad ever for a long time in in our culture, it was uh, seen as uh, weakness, stigma. It still is, to a certain, you know, it still is. Although there's, we're chipping away, where more and more people are able to talk about how they feel. But but really, it is the thing that blocks us from ourselves that allows for other stories to be inserted in there. And oftentimes, those other stories are stories of scarcity, of fear, of lack, of you know, but. J- just enough, just the sort of approved ones to to move the the sort of agendas and plans and and incentives and interests forward. And most of us don't know about that because that's not what the agenda setting media, corporate, press, political, elite, establishment types want us to have access to you know as the uh fantastic edward bernays quote goes and bernays was the uh nephew of of sigmund freud and i've i I believe i've posted about this and i've i've read this before but it's just it just it's so good because it really does describe the, the environment that we live in, the terrain in which we occupy. Uh, those who manipulate the unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. In almost every act of our lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of people who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. 
right? Think like big tech, the media. Um, it is they who pull the wires that control the public mind. And that's Edward Bernays from uh, his book Propaganda, 1923, I think. So I've talked about this before, and I did mention the, uh, the interests that shape and guide and mold. And I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Noam Chomsky's work uh, with manufacturing consent uh, and, and necessary illusions. Um, so, you know, when you have these major media companies that own everything, you know, he, he, he asks, so what kind of view would you expect to come out of this? You get a picture of the world that satisfies the needs and interests of the buyers and sellers of the product. And we know with social media that they're not selling anything and it doesn't cost anything to join Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are the product. And the ads that run on there, you know, if you build it, they will come. If you have this massive platform and it's free, you need a way to make money. And that's why it's filled with advertising. So, what we get with the amazing open and free World Wide Web is now this narrowing down. This once opportunity for an expanded reality now is uh, being attempted to be narrowed down into the approved messaging, uh, which really defies the idea of a voluntary, spontaneous, free speech, free association kind of uh, ethos, you know, and, and people will say, well, we have to prevent the spread of fake news, right? Like the social dilemma uh, put forward. And what was their suggestions? Well, one of them was to, you know, take some ownership and rearrange your apps and maybe consider leaving some of these platforms. And another one was, well, we need the government to regulate it as if the government has some kind of magical ability that will prevent uh, the primal urges, desires uh, of human nature. That, uh, that these, and it's tricky when you say human nature, I, I guess I mean the kind of human nature that, that, that happens when we have to adapt to these monolithic gatekeepers. Uh, but we're not just victims. We, we need to trust the audience, as I think they would say in, in filmmaking. You know, hey, that's a little too heavy-handed. That's a little too heavy on the nose. Give the audience some credit. Trust their intelligence. And, you know, what we have is a world that has been molded and shaped in a particular kind of way to create a lot of distrust, to create a lot of um, otherizing and totalizing of, of groups and peoples. And we, we need to protect you. You know, we need to come in and make sure that you're not being ripped off, that you're being treated fairly. And while I do agree with that kind of uh, 
intention is good, as the famous saying by uh, Hayek goes, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, it's almost like um, when they tell you if somebody, I forget what the exact example is, but someone's, you know, got into a car accident or something and you, you go there and you see the wreckage, not to move them, even though your intentions are good. It's, I want to help this person. I want to remove them from harm's way. That there could be, you could pull on something and they can, you know, that you can inflict some kind of, um, unintentioned harm or damage could come. And I forget what the exact example is. I don't know if it's, but I know I've heard that before. Um, however, that there's also the, uh, the, the bystander effect, right? And I think we even saw this kind of thing play out in, specifically in the case of, of the George, George Floyd. I mean, granted, there were police officers there, so it's like, well, what are you, you know, supposed to do? Just fight the cops? Like, I, I don't know if that's the answer, but... Uh, we have seen a lot of instances happen where something happens and people just don't do anything. Um, and I think it's because there's an assumption that someone else is going to do something. Someone else is going to take care of it. And, and we definitely live in a world right now where the majority of us are, are kind of hoping that someone is going to do something to get us to a better version of this reality. But I think that someone is us. You know, I think it's 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 us. We we have to be willing participants in creating the kind of reality that we want. And by, you know, direct action, not outsourcing our trust, our truth, our faith. But this is very old. This kind of behavior is extremely, extremely old. You know, we have a biological need to conform, to survive, to adapt, to survive. Uh, and when we feel this pressure upon us in order to, to do these things, that it is easier to conform and adapt to go along, to get along. And it's not necessarily that that's bad. You know? I feel like I said that weird. It's not bad. And I so bad, y'all. <laughs> that's the, this is going to be the podcast from now on. I'm, I'm just going to do, do this guy. This is me. This is the podcast from now on. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Macadelic. Shit's pretty fucking great, ain't it? It's not bad. It's pretty groovy. And then that, just that for two hours. Which is a little bit of like a, a tongue-in-cheek poke at people who live in like a positivity bubble. Because, you know, things are amazing. It's such a gift to be alive. It, that doesn't negate the fact that there, there is uh, challenging, dark uh, things that we should be aware of in order that we, you know, in order to be prepared to make the best choices for ourselves, our loved ones, our families, the people that we care about. Because at the end of the, at the beginning of the day, <laughs> that's really the the most important thing. You know, it's it's not about you know changing the world. It's not about convincing people that you're right. I, I recently had some. I want to get back to the Noam Chomsky 
part, but I, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm going to get back to that. So let's, let's table that. We'll, we'll circle back. They always talk like that in sales. And I used to work in sales like, hey, just calling to check in, see, uh, see if we could circle back up on that proposal, kind of, you know, sort of triangulate a strategy. They talk in shapes like, you know, just square things up with everyone. And, uh, oh, okay, yeah, well, we'll table that for now. Uh, we just don't have the bandwidth. Um, <laughs> I wonder if people still talk like that. Remember people like write an email, they're like, hope you're well. Do you? Do you really hope I'm well? Hope all is well. Take care. Just wanted to check in, and there's so many like unnecessary fluffery in in the the uh, this facade of like niceties and civility over truth and and transparency. Hey, I was just checking in to see if you would be requiring any possible extensions to the services uh, that uh, we could offer and provide at your given convenience. Um, you know, the manufacturing of our equipment, uh, uh, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, but you get the point. <clears throat> but I recently had a uh, very profound experience with uh, some fun guys. <laughs> and uh, wow, I, I, I mean, the way in which we can explain and rationalize and logic, it's amazing. It's amazing. The way that we can connect dots to believe things is is amazing you know and and we desperately want to all all of us i believe desperately want to believe or feel the need to believe in something bigger greater than ourselves it's kind of it's kind of a sad story if you're one of those like you know the new atheist type people or whatever i don't even know if that's a thing anymore but it's just like i don't know we're just these like you know we're just these animals and we can think and then you know when we die we just we just that's it it's just it's, it's done. There's nothing. There's nothing else beyond. You know, and anybody that's taken a psychedelic uh, seems to come to different kinds of uh, conclusions and beliefs. Anybody that has devoted, uh, devoted themselves to religions. And, you know, as I mentioned, the religion of the state. Oh, the state and the corporate press, the mouthpiece of the establishment. Tell us what to buy. Buy your drugs. Fight your wars. Hate each other for being different. Put those logs on the flames. Burn those heretics now. Burn them now. Burn them now. <laughs> I mean, that we have not changed so much as a mass. We still operate in religion and, and, and heresy and uh, judgment and our, our cleverness, how clever we are, how, how s smart of a point I can make. Oh my God, this person thinks that? Well, let me show them. Let me tell them. And so I'm trying to sit with this as a way to adapt and change my, the way that I communicate. 
uh, because I have beliefs and I'm not, I'm not above these things. And, and, and me even saying this very thing right now could also be coming from a small place that's trying to be above it all, to be outside of it all, you know, to not pick a side, not pick a team, to, 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 you know, to look, to, to see the advanced perspective that it is, well, it's all just a big game, so who really cares? Or, well, you know, I've, I've figured it out, and the truth of figuring it all out means that, there's, that we're never going to figure it out. Oh, I, I know the, the correct perspective, and the correct perspective is that I don't know anything, and see how clever that is. It's like that Bill Hicks bit where, where he talks about the, uh, you know, if you're in marketing or sales, I love Bill Hicks, by the way, brought him up twice now. If you're in marketing or sales, kill yourself. No, seriously, kill yourself. This isn't a joke, you know, and he goes on to like berate the audience and tell them, if you're in marketing sales, like I hate you, you're demons from hell. And people are laughing and he's like, oh, I see what he's doing. He's like, all the marketing and sales people in the audience are going, oh, I see what he's doing. He's going for that that anti-marketing dollar. That's a good dollar. You know, and then he like goes on and he gives more examples. He's like, He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going for that, you scum. And then they're like, oh, the righteous indignation dollar. That's a good dollar to go after. That's a good, that's a good strategy. That's a good marketing tactic. And of course, we see it. We actually have seen that in the change of advertising and marketing, where the commercials of old seem really cheesy and heavy-handed and goofy, you know? Like, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. That's right, folks. If you want to start your day with a good morning, you got to get a cup of Folgers. And if you don't, you're going to die alone with 19,000 cats peeing on your corpse. Folgers in your cup. Get some. <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, those, those goofy old commercials. And, you know, through marketing and advertising, in order to adapt and change with the culture, it had to, there has to be like this kind of influencer type advertising and marketing, you know, even me on this show, when I talk with, you know, it's like, man, like I, I actually have a good product that I'm happy about, but it's like, you know, when, when I listen to other podcasts and I hear people talking about products, I don't know if they really endorse it. They can tell me that they really endorse it. They can tell me that they really love it, but see how it's, it's changed. It has to be this sort and even like Instagram ads, it's like this casual, like, Hey guys, yo, what's up? Like this shit's really cool. Like you should check it out. It's like, you know, it, 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 and I'm not saying that this is good or bad. I'm just saying notice how we have to change and adapt the way that we communicate, you know, and especially the way that I communicate, the way that I communicate about the things that I see. And how do I communicate these things that I see to those who are not looking at the same kinds of things or don't see it in the same kinds of ways? And it's like, is my job supposed to be to try and persuade, to try and convince, to try and convert? Well, if that's the case, then aren't I just developing a new religion of my own? Mycadelic, mycadelic, mycadelic. Mycadelic cult. I mean, it would be cool to have like a cool cult. I actually had an idea of maybe starting a cult that just plays into all the cult tropes and just, I guess it'd be something like Discordianism. Raw. 
the great Robert Anton Wilson. Why do I talk about this stuff? Why do I care? Hey, this is Mike Adelic. Why aren't you talking about psychedelics? Why aren't you talking about you know, the, the wins that we had in the, in the States for psychedelic therapy and treatment and healing and all that stuff? I don't know. <laughs> because there's other podcasts that talk about that stuff, and they're great ones. But I'm more interested in once we have seen another perspective or another way, then what do we do? Once we've gotten on the path of healing and spiritual development, then where do we go? What's worth it? What's, what fight or what circle should we enter? I mean, I guess there's all kinds of options. We could choose to enter fights. We could choose to enter, you know, campfires. We can choose to enter parties. You know, there's a lot of people that go down the psychedelic spiritual consciousness path and wind up feeling very comfortable in a bubble of people that all uh, validate their, uh, that sounds harsh, but validate their hedonism. Not that there's anything wrong with hedonism. Again, Maybe I should change the name of this podcast to It's Neither Good Nor Bad. And I think that's really where the change is coming within me, which is like tr- trying to facilitate the flow of things in a better way, trying to step out of my own way to allow for magic to unfold, trying to be aware of every of all of my cleverness, all of my trickery, all of my self-deceptions, all of the ways in which I'm listening to somebody else speak, but really I'm just waiting to make the greatest point ever and blow their mind with like an amazing quote from this great book that I read or something like that. And what that's just the ego game. That's just the materialistic, egoic, self flagellation sniffing masturbation game and you can get into that game with other people too and you could sit a whole you know sit around a whole cerebral circle jerk a circle jerk cerebral circle jerk <laughs> but it's like where does that but what how does that make the world a better place eh, i guess you could say it inspires other people gets people to think about things you know things like that but once we know once we have the information once we've we're able to hold it all. And that's really, I guess, what I'm trying to get at here is to, to really try and move my life forward in a particular direction where I'm not getting in, infected by the toxicity of the game in which I choose no longer to play. Uh, so I recently uh, deleted my Twitter app off my phone. I think that was a big help because that's that's an arena that you can enter. And I entered, I w- left that arena and I chose to go back to that arena. And it was fun for a little while, but I noticed that I started to 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 be infected by the the virus of that particular set of uh, beliefs and that not beliefs, but the but the particular kind of energy that's on that platform and the and the sort of way that uh one 
functions within that platform and how it can like, it was like seeping into me and I'm like, and I start participating more and by participating more, I'm perpetuating it more. So I'm like, okay, maybe I could step away. Maybe I could step away from that. You know, sometimes I, wa- I wonder if I, what I should talk about, but oftentimes I just feel like I'm, I'm pulling this from somewhere. If you want to, and you know, I always shy away from terms like chat, like, like to say with certainty, like I'm channeling this guys. This is a channeled thing. I mean, I could say that, you know, every solo cast I've ever done has just been me turning on the microphone and just talking with no preparation or no, you know, just having an idea of what I want to talk about. And I mean, not to like say like, hey, how like again, it's like it's not about this. Look at how great I am, kind of thing. And maybe that's uh, there's a part of me that thinks that way, right? When I see other people sort of owning a particular um, modality or something, a particular suit or function, you know, people wearing a particular Halloween costume, and 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 me going like, yeah, but you're just wearing a costume. Come on, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I suppose that I've always been a, a little bit uh, just not interested in in playing uh, particular roles. And you know, it's 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 entirely possible that I'm Joe Rogan by saying entirely possible. It's uh, it's entirely possible that that the the people there's many people who don't recognize that they're playing a role. That they're like LARPing, you know, live action role playing. That they're like a witch or that they're um, you know, a channeler or something like that. But that, that, that is what is happening. And, you know, we get so caught up in this sort of like true and false dichotomy, like this, this separation of, well, this is true and this is false. And we get so caught up in, you know, the, the, the sort of uh, what do I want to say? It, we we get caught up in this thing, right? And, and I think there's a different way to approach it or the different way to look at it. And the way that I look at it is that we are just all participating in a great creation, a, a, a giant mural, and choosing to show up in uh, a costume with paint and painted in a funky way or painted in a very boring way, whatever, painted in our own ways. And a lot of us will be like so focused in on the section of this giant mural that we're painting and we're like, this is the mural. This is the thing. This is the best part. This is my, this is the, this is the entirety of it. And forgetting to look at the, and everybody else who's contributing and, and, and painting as well. Or, you know, that I am this thing that I'm painting. I am it. Uh, rather than sort of separating it and just being like, well, I am contributing to a particular portion of this painting right now. You know, it's, it's putting on a costume. We're, you know, we're always putting on costumes. We, we put on costumes every time that we show up in an environment that has a, a different energetic charge than the energetic charge that is internal to our, you know, human combustion system, <laughs> combustion, or, the, you know, the, the internal charge of our, our human vehicle. 
you know, we have to 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 be sort of chameleon like in a way to augment and adapt to changing uh game rules, right? So for example, I mean like one of them is you don't walk outside of your house naked to get in your car and go to the supermarket. You just don't do that. That's just a sort of uh, a general consensus social norm agreement that we're like, yeah, let's let's all agree to hold that energetic code in place. And that energetic code is of course backed by uh the force and coercion of the state, right? Which is like we don't really need that. We we definitely need codes and agreements but we don't need people to be uh you know we don't we don't necessarily always need uh these agreements to be backed by the, a harsh cruel cold uh one ring to rule them all blanket set of rules for uh for everyone right so essentially what i'm getting at here is when we are interacting with others in the world which I'm sure that we do every day, no matter if it's small or large. We're always coming into different beliefs, different stories, different realities. And how do we navigate those best? How do we not go cold or set us ourselves and everyone else ablaze and, and burn the whole thing down? How can we stay nice and toasty and warm and nice and melty and gooey right in the center to be fluid and to facilitate flow and allow for magic to appear and allow for creative collaboration and compassionate curiosity to spread? I mean, sure, everybody can do their their own individual work. Of course, we can read books like Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. We can attend courses and lectures and things like that. And there's traps to that. Everywhere you go, there's trap doors, you know, because you can then just be addicted to the work, addicted to the improvement, addicted to the you know, the, 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 the knowledge. Oh, you know, oh my God, I, I've, I've read, you know, so much about this. I know so much about this. So, you know, therefore I am, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm in, I'm in a camp that puts me automatically in my mind in a position of superiority to you peons who don't know. And that's where a lot of fighting and shouting down comes from is this you know i guess unwillingness to you know invite a kkk member to dinner <laughs> as daryl davis does in accidental courtesy the documentary i believe available on amazon prime where daryl davis this black musician uh befriends all these kkk members accidentally and they wind up liking him so much and developing a strong bond and a strong friendship that they leave the KKK and they give up their robes and in some cases give them to him so that he takes, he takes them away from them or not takes them away, but he gets to keep them. 
And I love that film because he communicates from a place of how, how can you hate me if you don't even know me? How, and how, how can any of us have such strong held opinions, beliefs, truths, facts, if we don't allow for our humanity to come through and invite other people's humanity to come through, who cares? You know, like Ben Shapiro. I'm sorry, facts don't care about your feelings. If you're born a woman, you're a woman. If you're born a man, you're a man. That's just genetically, it's biology, it's science. Facts don't care about how you feel. It's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> like, you're being annoying. However, he does have, he does, he is allowed to express his beliefs. So again, it's like, we're not all victims here. Just because there's a charismatic leader who is, you know, debating and smacking down with facts and figures, charts and graphs and logic and reason, it do doesn't mean that we're just v like victims to this kind of personality. However, just like in cults, if you, you know, just like when you see people getting involved, like let's say Q, for example, Q Anon, right? I mean, this is, this is, it's a, they are part, they're a religion. They're like the Knights Templar. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that because then they're going to be like, yeah, hell yeah. We're like the Knights Templar. That's fucking cool as fuck. It's like, no, it's the, the same religious fervor that, that, you know, it's like, we're doing this for the greater good. And, you know, there's a larger mission here. And if you're not on board, well, then you're evil or fuck you, or you don't get it. Or, you know, you're part of the problem or, you know, these kinds of things. And it's like, you know, the, the, we're never going to get out of this like religiosity, you know, I, I mean, Rick and Morty did it great when they had the planet of the hive mind unity. And it, it was just such a brilliant episode because as soon as the hive mind broke, then the two, like, like some guy, I guess it's hilarious. One guy's like, they have like pointy nipples and the other guy has like circular ones and they're, they're like diamonds or whatever. And he's like, screw you, you pointy nipple, like freaks, circular nipples are the only ones that will rule. And it's like, we have, this is how we operate, right? So it's like, what do we do? Well, I guess if this is a simulation and we needed to like install a code to update the system, we can update the system by plugging ourselves in as these uh, pieces of code that function to help eradicate that virus. Right? Like, oh, there's a, there's a major malfunction in Portland. Okay, we need... We need like different people that have different codes programmed into that system so that we can help de-escalate, diffuse, uh, you know, think of new and creative ways other than war, violence, domination, right? Even the very idea of resisting tyranny, fighting against oppression. You know, I, I think it was Mother Teresa that said, I'll never go to an anti-war movement, but I will go to a pro-peace movement. And I, I only really like that if you actually have understood the anti-position first and then move into the pro-position. 
You know, I think that having that good understanding of the sort of darker, heavier emotions that come up within us when we are facing these great, big, horrible sorts of ideas and, and disasters and things, really digging into that and, 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 and really allowing ourselves to allow whatever emotions come up from interfacing with these kinds of uh, darker, shadow, uh, shadow kinds of things, and then deciding to move and channel that and let that flow into something that is pro, that is productive, that is for um, coming together, that is for de-escalation, that is for building bridges, that is for really truly understanding all sides and other people's ideas. And again, I'm not talking about this like I fucking know. I'm practicing this myself. Uh, and it's not easy because my default nature, and I, I would argue that most of our default natures, is to just fucking worry about ourselves. And, and like the people that we love, that, are clo- that we're closest to in our lives. But, but I, uh, you know, allow myself to get infected by the world <laughs> and that doesn't do any good because it warps, it twists, it, it, it changes my brain and my conception of, of reality and what's actually most important. You know, as, as the great Tim Dillon said on Joe Rogan's, you know, he's like, most people just want to get fucked up and go out on the lake, you know, and have a good day and grill. And, you know, what are you going to do? Sit at home and, 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 you know, worry about what DARPA's doing? You know, it's like, no, you got you to live your life. We, we need to enjoy our lives as well. And many of us are, right? And some of the ways that we enjoy our lives, for many of us, is to just ignore all that stuff and just kind of, you know, pay attention to the headlines, the buzzwords, the mantras, the magic, the spells, right? So let's talk about the spells that are cast uh, by the priest class of our world in, in the, uh, the new holy crusade for truth that we find ourselves in. Uh, so as Noam Chomsky, again, uh, back to the Noam Chomsky point, the agenda-setting media, right? They set the agenda that drives the interest and satisfies the needs of the people that are the buyers and sellers of this particular kind of arrangement, right? So advertisers, government, corporations, banks, funding, these sorts of things. But it is a replication of the world. It's not the real world. I believe Jean Baudrillard would, would call this the simulacra. I might be wrong about that. But it's a world that is tailored to fit the interests of powerful people whose pictures and images satisfies the sellers of their products and services. The mainstream media, corporate press, social media, social media is now mainstream media. They are the agenda-setting media. They are the ones that are in bed with the state, 
They shape and control the thoughts and opinions. They shape and control the narrative. They dominate reality and reality creation. And they do it through language, graphics, motion, time. They are the masters of time. They, they, they play their news 24-7, 365. And this is a particular kind of, you know, code that's running in this matrix. And the code is, you know, pump this message out, infect as many people as possible, shape the way that they think, condition them to believe that certain things are, um, you know, that certain things are, are, are just the way it is, set in stone, that of course, of course, of course this is the way it is. Uh, so they shape and condition that, that way. And Noam Chomsky says that this is, this is a necessity in order to marginalize and control the public uh, in a democratic society. In a democratic society, in order to have this rule of elite, that you need necessary illusions in order to get everybody on board. So, you know, we, we need to be allowed to express ourselves and criticize and experiment freely to, to actually know who we are really and not just letting somebody else condition us and infect us to then program us and inform us of what we are and how we should think. And again, it's, it's very, very hard because you, it's even me right now not being exposed to cable news or the news or not even being on Twitter for two days, I still like feel it in the air. I still hear it from people's mouths in passing or in direct interactions. The, you know, the parroting of empty platitudes and buzzwords and, and, and catchy slogans and, you know, carefully crafted, curated and manipulated content. It, it, these are, these are information, like, like programmed information coded information that is designed like an art specifically to interface with the mass public mind. And, you know, just like you're fishing with a big net, you're not going to catch every fish in the ocean, but damn, there's a lot of fish that have, are caught and everybody's caught in their own little nets and then there's a large one. So then uh, there's, a, there's a quote I wrote down here from uh, Walter Lippmann, or I think is his name. It says, the manufacture of consent is a revolution in the practice of democracy. What, amount, what, it, what it amounts to is a technique of control, and it was useful and necessary because of the common interests. The general concerns of most people elude public opinion. The public just isn't up for dealing with them, and instead they would belong to a special class, the specialized class, the so-called experts of the agenda setters, which is the opposite of democracy. But like I said, we need these necessary illusions, or they need these necessary illusions. Um, 
you know, if you want to understand how this society functions, just look at who's really in charge making the decisions and not just the front facing people that were told, but like, what are their incentives? What is their motivation? Right? So this video I saw the other day from posted by the Royal family on YouTube is announcing the great reset. And it's like, you know, it's, it's from Davos, the world economic forum, right? Uh, they're, they're talking about this thing called the great reset and there, it's a stunning video, you know, and it's the, 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 the way that it's designed, right? Again, it's like, if you understand persuasion, influence, marketing, advertising, magic, symbolism, language, you would look at this video with a different set of eyes than maybe just kind of an ordinary bloke. <laughs> an ordinary bloke. So it's like, why, right? On the surface level, it's like, hey, this looks good. Yeah, climate change is a real problem, and it looks like that the World Economic Forum is going to do something about it with the Great Reset. Sounds good. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah. But if you look closer at it, it's like, why? Why? Is, is, is Prince Charles, who's narrating the video, is he crying in his castle at night because of the health of the planet and the well-being of the people? You know, when did this, like, idea that royalty cares about people come from in our modern time? I believe it came from this illusion that democracy actually gives power to, to people. So we're all trapped in this facade that we live in these, like, modern times and you know, modern people have power and we have a voice. And, you know, as long as we participate in the system that it, we can change things. And I would argue, no, by participating in the system, all we do is reinforce that system. We feed that system. We give energy to that system. We, we send a signal. We cast a vote that says, yes, I support this as an idea, as a concept, as an institution. I pay homage and respect to the authority, to this temple, to this priest class by, 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 by validating its existence to, to claim authoritarian rule over our lives, to, to say we support the system over the people. And it's this trick, right? Like I talked about at the beginning, it's this magic show. It's look at the hot assistant and don't look over here at the sleight of hand. Be dazzled, be wowed. And we want to be dazzled and we want to be wowed and we want to believe and we want, we, we love, you know, Game of Thrones and, you know, these, these shows about like royalty and I don't know, what's the other one? The fucking, you know, the, whatever it's queens and kings and we we want this like we like this everybody's obsessed with like the prince whatever the hell and the katie something or other i don't even know their fucking names the the you know you know who i'm talking about the megan megan merkel and the 
Prince guy. It's oh, what what is she wearing, and what is she, and Hollywood, and the way that they operate, and the state, and it's like this whole like the sacred and the traditional and the the values and the honor and the integrity and the ah, oh, it's the, it's the church. It's the same thing as walking into that church. They're they're inducing an experience. They're creating a particular set of of trigger points inside of us to feel a certain way to buy a particular kind of narrative and again it's like there's not there's not any it's not like there's anything necessarily wrong with that it's not like there's some evil nefarious plot to trick people into believing in god or something it's just like when you walk into a church that's like epic, like, I don't know, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York or something, it's like, wow, this is like magnificent. And art and aesthetics and the magnificent uh, is a way of of transmuting or, um, you know, distilling down to, to us the, the divinity, the transcend, uh, transcendental, the liminal, like, we want to be connected with that. So when we enter into that situation, you know, the, the sort of in, the way that the environment is set up and the, the tones and the smells and the art and the glass and the language and the, and the regal and the royal and the holy, like that all speaks to us just like a great piece of art or a great piece of music speaks to us. It communicates something to us that's beyond uh, our, our, our own sort of ability to muster that up internally. Uh, and and it's it's a, a signal that's being sent to us that says, you know, there is something bigger, there is something larger, there is this mystery, there is this greatness. And so, with the with the with things like the Great Reset, with things like the election, the the voting process, the structure of democracy, the the game rules, the program code, it, you know, the way that the media operates, it's all set with these particular kinds of conditions in order to elicit a particular kind of response. So something that's pure and holy and sacred, uh, like having, let's say, like having a direct experience with the divine by, you know, I don't know, eating 20 grams of mushrooms and going directly to the center of God's face, <laughs> going, going right up God's anus into the center of his chest and and living there for a little bit and being like holy shit this is this is this feels so real so you know these 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 corporations that are driven by money power uh resources over people and people's happiness and people's uh genuine well-being uh th- th- these this this software code that is on this automatic pilot perverse incentive system uh, just hijacks these pure things, these pure ideas. Um, David Nichols says this really well when he talks about the commodification of the sacred. It's taking the things that's, that's real and, and pure and raw and special and, and sacred and, and, and just making them you know, part of the game, enforcing the 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 story of separation between us and the world even further and further because of course the more division there is the easier it is to rule over people the easier it is to insert yourself in there and say i am your solution 
I am your savior. I am your salvation. I will set you free, whether it's an individual or whether it's an institution or whether it's a product or a service. You know, this is the way. And I'm pretty sure that no matter what it is, whenever we get stagnant in a particular kind of foxhole, a particular camp, and say, I'm not leaving from here because this is the way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not such a great place to stay for too long. So you know, there's 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 more to talk about from this agenda setting perspective. And Noam Chomsky goes in to talk about about propaganda. You know, there's two kinds of propaganda. Twenty percent of the population there's is propaganda. Uh, for 20% of the population, there's propaganda that's served to them for the intelligent, functioning members of society, the sort of political class. And then there's propaganda for the eight, rest of the 80%, and, and that is the propaganda for the people that just don't really think too much and just listen and take orders and obey. And the, bo- uh, the, the bounding of the debate insert, it, 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 into like, these certain these these certainty camps, uh, they filter, they limit, and they frame everything. As I had said in this particular way, and Noam Chomsky goes on to say, the New York Times doesn't report things to make history. The New York Times creates history. It shapes the perception of the world to please the policy of the political elite, agenda-setting corporate class, propaganda for the smart people. Um, And then he goes on to say, if the system functions well, uh, it it appears that it has, has a liberal bias because that will serve and, 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 and bond uh, more effectively. If the liberal media is seen as taking on the system, then they get to create the boundaries of what taking on the system looks like. And, and they get to conditions, condition people to accept uh, the voluntary acceptance of intellectual confinement. Like, how can I go beyond this? They already seem so extreme. You know, the, the cha- challenging that power, it, well, that, 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 it, it, we must accept it in that way. The, the presuppositions of the liberal media are seen as uh, sacrosanct, holier than thou, um, set in stone. That it's a given that, of course, of course, of course, good people are liberal people, period, right? Like that's the conditioning. Uh, so uh, Noam Chomsky goes on to say, you know, they can't go beyond this. The media, uh, the media would say, like, this is the limit and go no further, right? So the, the, the borders and boundaries of allowable, uh, allowable play within this game that they set. They set the game, and they, they make the rules, and they condition us to accept that these are the only rules and that this is the only game in town. But there is more if you choose to explore. So, you know... We need to break conventions and we need to think critically and we need to you know, think about things that operate outside the, the current framework. Um, you know, and 
the, the the sort of defining characteristic that I that that I want to espouse or that I want to talk about that I that I feel is so important is I do not trust people with tremendous wealth, power, and influence. I don't trust the state. I don't trust the media. I don't trust the hospitals. I don't trust the scientists. I don't trust the experts. I don't trust the doctors. I don't trust them. And you could say, well, that's stupid or that's foolish or whatever. And it doesn't mean that I'm deliberately going to disobey. It doesn't mean I'm going to you know, shout other people down. It doesn't mean that I'm going to walk into a store and take my mask off and fart on it and throw it at someone. That's not what it means. It just means I'm, I, this, these are my beliefs. And the belief is that, I mean, look, how could we watch Brian Williams and listen to him when he was caught in a lie? How could we listen to any of these people, whether it's media people, politicians, Hollywood celebrities, whoever it is, somebody is pulling their strings. Somebody is saying, don't say this, you'll get into trouble, don't say that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, hey, if you donate to this charity, it'll look like you're a good person and you're supporting something good. And then you know, when people say that you're bad because of X, Y, Z, you could say, well, no, I'm a good person. See, I did all this stuff. I did all this work. I helped feed and clothe homeless people and blah, 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 blah. All right, great. But the people that routinely said, Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction and the capabilities to use them, and he must be stopped. We know there's weapons of mass destruction. There's weapons of mass destruction. We have to go and I, I mean, if any, anybody that is listening was alive to experience the fallout of 9-11, the Patriot Act, the, the war on terror, the, uh, what's the terror alert today? Well, it, it, it feels like it's uh, at a high level, but in reality, it's only 71 degrees. It's like they were using these charts that were like weather charts and like color codes. I mean, the, the, the reality creation machine is the system that holds all the money, all the power, all the wealth, all the resources. Okay, so what do we do, Mike? What do we do? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, what can we do if not to try and do things in a different way? Understand the way that they do things. Understand what works about that. Understand the power of language, magic, creation, art, Music. Understand the power of uh, the, the 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 what people respond to our our senses and the signals and the frequency. You know, Nikola Tesla. If you want to understand the secrets of the universe, energy, frequency, vibration. So it's understanding that, but actually choosing not to like pick up the sword and fight, but to actually try and build bridges to create new ways. And if, and if we can't build, build new bridges to create new ways, well, as Daniel Schmachtenberger says, we're probably just going to self-terminate. We're, we're already operating within a self-terminating civilization as we have exponential technology combined with rivalrous, cutthroat, competitive games that leads to kaboom. You know, just we're gone. And maybe if it doesn't lead to kaboom, we're gone in the sense that we're going to destroy the planet and everything's going to die. It leads to us adapting to the changing of the system 
And if we have an ability to make a choice of what we want to adapt and change to, then I think that would be cool. I mean, it would be really cool if, if we could go in to the world of the psychedelic experience and bring that world into this world where those rules operate, like where we can bring the, 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 the way in which time and space and the, the, everything functions and operates and augments and transforms and mutates and changes and folds in on itself and expands and contracts and spins with, with, with amazing, you know, ability, like, and, and, the, and the, the, so the sounds and the color, like if we can extract that world and put it into this world, we change the, the code, we change the operating system, we change what is possible, we change the game, we change the borders and the boundaries, we, we dissolve the borders and the boundaries, which is what psychedelics do. You know, and as, as I've said on the, on the show before, by quieting the default mode network in our brain, and you know, starting to forge new neural pathways and connections and having different areas of the brain communicate with each other, that can happen on a societal level. And the default mode network is the programmed, coded system of operations that follows this sort of autopilot incentive structure of, you know, uh, crony, capitalist, uh, consumer, uh, acquisition, resource extraction. You know, John Perkins calls it the death economy, right? Charles Eisenstein calls it the story of separation. Um, I think Chris Ryan calls it the, uh, I was about to say rich asshole syndrome. I mean, that's part of it. And then there's uh, the, the NPP, the narrative of perpetual progress. It's like, what do we define our, our the, like, what, is, what, what do we value? And, you know, everybody has to, to, to choose that for themselves. And, you know, it really does, uh, it does make a difference when we do have great leaders. It really does. But I would argue that no leader is a great leader who believes in war. No, no leader is a great leader who needs to rule over people by means of force and coercion. A great leader are the leaders that aren't in the political establishment. The great leaders that we all follow, I'm sure, are filmmakers, artists, authors, our parents, inventors, people that inspire us, that touch us, that speak to us, that make us move and change and give us something to hope and wish for, and something that that, that, that touches us in a way that we say, I want to create, I want to be, I want to add to this wonderful human experiment of magic and love and, and create amazing things or just be an amazing thing, right? Like some of the most amazing people in our lives aren't famous, aren't rich, you know? It could just be mom, it could be your brother, it could be your sister. It could be your grandparent or aunt or uncle. It could be anybody in your life that has, uh, it, that, that just by the, the aura of their beingness affects you on some deep cellular level that you say, 
my God, this is uh, just wonderful to be in the presence of this person because they carry themselves with such, such a, I was going to say positivity, but they carry themselves in such a different energetic frequency. They don't get trapped into the games. They don't respond and react out of hate and frustration and proving to be right and cleverness and trickery and deception and lies. They don't just start businesses so they can just make money. You know, that they, they, that there's some semblance of care. There's some semblance of honor, integrity, and respect and reverence and wisdom and espousing those things and embodying those things. Now that's, those are leaders, not Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Donald Trump. These aren't leaders. These are psychopaths who, who are infected and deranged themselves because they are the very products of everything that these systems that support them well maybe i mean everything that these systems have these systems and this culture has given birth to this these symptoms and this is where i talk about the you know how this this a lot of these things are just symptoms of a, of a greater problem but you know the we live we do live in such a wonderful world and you know who is it arthur c Clarke, i think that said um that uh, any advanced techno- technology is in- indistinguishable in- indistinguishable from magic any advanced technology seems like it's magic like it's indistinguishable in- indistinguishable from magic i have trouble with that word uh and it's true right like i don't know how like i i don't know how a lot of things work i don't know how a lot of things operate but i'm happy that they do i'm happy that i'm able to talk into this microphone and it's able to reach you i mean it's magic and um You know, that I think that really by like being open to that and tapping into the magic that's all around us, that we can actually begin to channel more of, uh, of this loving, positive, creative, playful, and, you know, flowy energy. Because, what, like, I, you know, when we when we when we buy in when we participate into any particular kind of story or narrative and we attach and we accept maybe blindly accept or tacitly accept as just acquiescing to the you know oh okay i guess that's the way it is well we're immediately writing a ticket to our own sort of servitude in in a small way but i'm i'm completely fine with that in certain things right like i'm completely fine with accepting that uh you know that i i use my cell phone and i don't know maybe it's not good for me or maybe it is maybe there's radio i don't know 
We can't all be investigative journalists and get to the bottom of every single issue. And we're never going to have a mass media system that just tells us the truth. So it's this game of like figuring it out for ourselves. But in the game of figuring it out for ourselves, we can't be allowed to be uh, whipped up, stirred up, and uh, pushed into the divide and conquer strategy. We can't turn on each other because each other is really where we need to come together because there are more people, people, human people who don't want to enter into the game of dominating and controlling others and who just want to have a good life and enjoy it and love it. And if we start feeding that garden and planting seeds in that realm and watering those plants and growing those trees, we're going to have a pretty lush environment, a pretty rich, deep, healthy soil and plant and bees. And we're going to have a great atmosphere, a great environment, a wonderful terrain to play in. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do more of playing in the garden than, you know, scuba diving in hell. <laughs> Even though sometimes it's cool to scuba dive in hell. It's like, geez, what's going on in hell? Let me go check it out. And then I could come back and say, hey, you guys wouldn't believe what's going on down there. Uh, but there's no need for me to spread that and infect that with, with uh, a warlike mentality or a crusading-like mentality. So I don't know. I think that's all I got for today. I guess, you know, this came from like some people wanting to know like what I think about the election or what I think about things or whatever. And it's like, who cares? You know, like it's up to us. We, we get to decide what now and the future holds for us. If we're willing to go down a road of obedience, um, I don't know, what's that going to look like? Like, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it will be this, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll all be in FEMA camps and, you know, being injected with like mind-altering uh, nanotech uh, genetically modifying your vaccine things or whatever. I don't know. What's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, you know, so what? <laughs> this is where I totally discredit the entire podcast. But really, though, at the end of the day, what matters more? Fighting the war against the, the maniacal, malevolent, you know, mega monopoly, monolithic, leviathan, Jekyll creature from Jekyll Island, fucking, you know, Thanos with all the infinity stones. And, you know, like there are no Avengers. There are no people that are going to fight that in a, in a, in a physical sense and like bring it down. And even when we, when we use the sort of like, I actually, I mean like, you know, yeah. Even when we use that sort of charge, that war charge, that fight charge in, you know, social media or like interactions with people or, you know, arguing or th this kind of thing, we still, we're still not feeding what needs to, what so desperately needs to be fed. 
So I think that it just, the way that it works out is just that everybody tries to operate from a place of respect, reverence, compassion, peace, uh, and honesty, and standing firm in your integrity without being aggressive or hostile to others who you might think or I might think are sheep or not thinking critically or dumb or stupid. Because whenever we throw those things out there like that, we're just, we're just being lazy and summarizing an entire history, an entire decades of a, of, a, of, a, of a person with an infinite number of experiences and thoughts and, and data you know, flowing through them that uh, you know, we dismiss and we think we're better or that we know. And maybe we do. Maybe we have a good inkling. But maybe there's a piece of the puzzle that they can contribute to. Maybe they're willing to join in and see what we see. But how do we open it up? How do we communicate it? How do we send the invitations? You're having a wedding. You want people to come. You want to send beautiful invitations to people. You're you're not going to just yell at people to tell you know come to me. But my wedding's gonna be fucking awesome. You better be there. You piece of shit. It's like all right, maybe I won't go. I don't know why are you yelling at me. So to conclude this podcast, to wrap things up, um, you know, another thing is we got to laugh. We got to laugh. We got to have a sense of humor as well, right? I, I had this like just funny thought of like some guys like coming into my house to try and rob my house and me just being like, yeah, sure. Take whatever you want. I don't care. Like, make yourself go, go nuts. Like just calm and like that, that I think in and of itself is a sort of like Jedi mind trick, like a magic trick, whether it works or not. It's just, it's just embodying that attitude of like, yeah, you want to like, I don't know, you want to like hurt me, torture me, kill me, kidnap me, take my things. Like, I don't know, man, like that's, that's on you. Like that's a, that's like a problem that you have. You're, there's something wrong with the source code that you were that 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 you're operating with and if and like you know like and again this is not this is not to say that like if i was in a situation i wouldn't like defend myself or my family or something but the idea of like somebody who is filled with such hate such rage such uh you know the the that wants to steal that wants to hurt that wants to maim that wants to control that wants to deceive that wants to take your money or whatever it's like there's a lot of suffering and pain and hurt in that person. And to, you know, I don't know, I imagine, I think I've been in situations like this before, but not on such a grand scale where my reaction was just, actually it did happen. It happened on YouTube once where someone was criticizing a YouTube video and they're like, you're stupid, you're an idiot, like piece of whatever. And I, and my reply was like, Hey, thanks. I appreciate the constructive criticism. I'm always willing to listen to feedback and, you know, a little a little sarcastic, but I did open up the conversation. I didn't take it as a per I didn't take the, the I didn't bite the hook as Pema Chodron would say. Like, don't bite the hook. Don't 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 get wrapped up in somebody else's uh projections, somebody else's worldviews. And that doesn't mean completely like invalidate it or shut it down as not being true or assuming that you know where they're coming from 
but just diffuse it. Diffuse it with a different tactic, with a different way, with an approach that they, in a million years they wouldn't have expected. And that then in, opens up opportunities, maybe not now, but maybe in the future. Maybe it's like chipping away at a sculpture like Michelangelo's David. He didn't just make that like overnight. He was, it was a chisel. It was chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Inviting in, inviting in, inviting in. Come in, come in. Sending invitations. Come out and play. So, you know, there are a lot of big things that are happening in the world. There are a lot of powerful people that are shaping and wanting to, and, and quite frankly, with a lot of uh, success, shaping the narrative of our reality. Uh, and we don't have to bite the hook, and we don't have to fight their war, and we don't have to allow ourselves to become emotionally, spiritually, psychically invested in their stories. Uh, and, you know, we, we need each other and we need to talk to each other and we need to see each other and we need to hug each other and we need to dance next to each other and we need to smile at each other and we need to believe in love and magic and we need to believe in the light and we need to believe that this never ends, that this is, we are living in infinity. Eternity is here. And the same stories can play out over and over again, and we can repeat history, or we could do something fucking totally different. Totally different. And this process is a slow process of unfolding, unraveling, you know, deconditioning, deprogramming. To finding out who are you? Who am I? What do I, how, like, why do I believe what I believe? Why do I see what I see? Why do I trust who I trust? Can I actually think critically and come to my own conclusions while also respecting objective realities and truths? Is there room for my subjective reality creation to operate within the objective? Of course. And as far as what's going to happen, time, only time will tell. It's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to see. But I do believe that we are we are in a we are in a, a holy war. We are in the new crusades. The way that people attach to politics, political parties, conspiracies, uh, and all kinds of other, even psychedelics, the way in which we devote ourselves with such a stranglehold on the thing, the attachment, the camp, the belief that we are in this sort of competing, you know, fragmented, uh, multiple reality, holy war crusade. And, um, yeah, uh, we're, there's no such thing as death, and we live as much as we live. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But whatever happens, we're all, it's, you know, don't let these finite games infect you so much because we are infinite. Buy sheath underwear. It's really comfortable. Use the promo code Mikeadelic. Get 20% off. They're really good under it. They're, 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 if you need underwear, they're great. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Mikeadelic, 20% off. And uh, yeah, I love you all. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. All the links are in the show notes, show description. And to support Mikeadelic, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can become a patron and get access to all kinds of bonuses like the private Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum Discord chat group, bonus episodes, more goodies, merch, things of that nature. And check out our sponsors, sheathunderwear.com. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Put in the code Mikeadelic. Get 20% off everything at sheathunderwear.com. It's awesome underwear. Go check it out. And check out Student Loan Tutor. Schedule a free evaluation. Studentloantutor.com. Tell them I sent you there. Thank you so much, all of you, to everybody who supports this show. Thank you for all the love and support, all the kind words. This show wouldn't be possible without you. You know who you are, and you know what to do if you love things. Tell people about it, share it, like it, subscribe, and stay tuned for more awesome episodes like this. Shout out to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the intro and outro songs. And of course, to all you out there, much love. Peace.